0: Time now for Rocky Jordan. Not far from the mosque Sultan Hassan in Cairo stands the Café Tambourine run by Rocky Jordan. The Café Tambourine, crowded with forgotten men. Alive with the babble of many languages. For this is Cairo, where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against a backdrop of antiquity. Tonight's story, Fall Guy.
1: in the mornings just about the same all over the world the streets and buildings and rooms and people are full of sleep and even in Cairo, egypt you can't expect anything different the whole town's packed with that kind of air that moves all around so you can't hear it like a lady in a soft dress i don't generally sit up and wait for three in the a.m but last night was different i was working on the books in my place above the tambourine when things got noisy My window, I made out a couple of Egyptian police waving pistols in the air. I didn't know what the show was about, but whoever they were shooting at figured to be the leading man. I didn't have time to pick him out because just then he picked me.
2: Open up, Rocky. Rocky, it's me, Johnny Service. Open up, quick.
1: Help me, Rocky. Help me, they're after me. All right, short change. somebody at the club, Johnny? This is
2: serious. I'm on a spot. You can tell by the noise you ought to keep a curfew. They were shooting at me. They won't give me a chance to talk. It's a cop, Greco. He's bucking for a promotion. I'm one more striker. Ah, Take it easy, Johnny. They're coming here. Help me, Rocky. I've always been a hard-luck guy. Greco would kill me just for the fun of it. You know what he's like. He won't give me a chance. Nobody will give Johnny Servi a chance. Rocky, please, we're old pals, you and me. You give me a chance. Please, Rocky.
1: But she wasn't a number eight. Her door was standing open and the room was empty. We searched the terrace out toward the edge of the cliff where I would talk with her at sunset. We saw the broken section of railing and found one of her slippers and a pack of her cigarettes lying nearby. In pitch darkness, we slid and scrambled down the steep path to the beach. And there, by the edge of the surf, we found her. The warm foam reached out for her, as though to carry her away to that last sunset she'd loved so much. She looked very beautiful, very much alone, as alone and as lonely is death.
3: Now, here's our star to tell you about the final intriguing episode of this
1: week's story. Tomorrow, a desperate killer is cornered and strikes back in a deadly counterattack. Final showdown. Join us, won't you? Yours truly, Johnny Dollar.
3: Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, starring Bob Bailey, is transcribed in Hollywood. Written by Les Crutchfield, it is produced and directed by Jack Johnstone. Be sure to join us tomorrow night, same time and station, for the next exciting episode of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, Roy Rowan Speaking.
4: is a most admirable attainment. It is the single proof that men are no longer barbarians. Sometimes, however, it is taken advantage of. And then, it is a sin against civilization.
1: Hmm. Good night, Sam.
4: Good night, Jordan.
1: I heard their story, Johnny. Hope you write a better one.
2: You're covered for me swell. Come on, give it to me. Give it to me. All right, all right. You know, I rake in the chips for Ed Solomon at the International Club. Yeah? Well, tonight a guy from one of the embassies takes the plunge. Loses more than he's got with him. He leaves his briefcase for security. Well, I figure the briefcase, full of important papers, will bring him back with the money he owes the house. What does that lead to? Well, the next thing I know, Greco and a couple of uniforms are knocking on the door telling me how I robbed the embassy guy of his briefcase. You made a break for it? Well, I told Greco what really happened, but he wanted to write it his way. It'd look good, him hauling me in. Even better if I came dead. People talk in places besides Cairo with an embassy guy in the deal. Greco would get a promotion, and I'm his water boy. Hey, you did real good, Johnny. What happens now? Big Ed Solomon. He owns the international club. Greco wouldn't tangle with him, and Ed could do all my talking to the right people. Now you can help me, Rocky. Keep going. Ed Solomon lives in an apartment on the river. Will you see him for me, Rocky? Will you tell him what happened and get me out of this?
1: Uh, I'm not going to get any sleep anyhow. Huh? Oh, you're a pal, Rocky. And I sure can use a pal. Yeah, Johnny. That's what scares me. I made sure none of Sabaya's boys were hanging around. Then I hustled Johnny survey into a cab and dropped him off at a friend of mine's laundry shop. I didn't figure Sam or Greco would go through somebody's dirty Bernouces looking for him. Then I headed over to the Nile Street apartment house where Big Ed Solomon lived. It turned out to be one of those chunks of white granite and copper window frames that makes Cairo, Egypt look like a, a suburb of Michigan Boulevard. Inside, you know, it took a lot of British pounds and a. Amer- tonight, tonight. Yeah, I'll find out.
5: Hey! Who was on 12th tonight?
6: Uh, what do you want?
5: Who drove 12th tonight?
6: Well, just a minute. Morris had it tonight. Oh, of course,
5: Morris. Morris Bernstein. Good man. Certainly, Morris had it. He's dead. He was killed. Morris?
0: In an accident? His truck was torn apart. He was beaten to death. Oh,
5: I've been afraid, afraid. Of what, Mr. Felder? Something like this would happen. One night they would beat a man until he died. Who? Hoodlum's rat pack. We don't know. Happened to another one of my boys last week. They turned over his truck, threw the bread into the gutter, attacked him. I'd like to talk to him. Naturally. Sid! Sid Norman!
7: Still here? Yeah, yes, Okay. Want me, Mr. Felder? Yeah. A little bit later. I should be out in the route. this man is from the police,
1: Sid.
7: Morris was killed tonight. Beaten up? Why did you say that, Sid? Well, because it follows. It happened to me last week, but... I was lucky. I ran away from him. Morris probably stopped to reason with him. He was that kind of a man. Could you recognize any of them, Sid? No, they jumped me when my back was turned. I was gathering up loads of bread, sweet rolls, things like that, and something hit me in the back of the head. I didn't stop to say hello. I just ran. How many were there? Could you tell me that? Four or five, maybe. Punks, just kids. I could tell by their voices. Gee, the kids nowadays. They gather in rat packs and and kill.
0: Mr. Felder, any reason this should happen to your trucks, your men?
5: I I don't know. Maybe it's because my men are out alone at four o'clock in the morning. I don't remember ever doing anything wrong. Excuse me, please. Stop the machines! Stop the ovens! We don't work anymore today. We'll go home.
0: The Dan- men didn't look happy, they looked worried. It was as if suddenly the scene were taking place in slow motion. The tentative movements, the glances, one man detaching himself from the rest, walking over to Louis Felder, then the rest forming a questioning circle around him. But Mr. Felder just shook his head and walked through the door. It was 4.30, and I went home. At 10 o'clock, I was back at headquarters. There was a man waiting for me in my office, just as I knew he would be. The fates had fashioned it that way. They'd grinned and put their heads together and conspired that Sergeant Tataglia should always be waiting in my office when I closed the door behind me.
5: Here we are, Danny.
0: We are indeed.
5: I understand you had a pretty rough night of it.
0: You're going to brighten up what otherwise might be a drab day, is that it?
5: My utter best, Danny.
0: Thanks. What do you got?
5: This baseball cap found some 50 feet from the scene of the beating up in the gutter. It might or might not have something to do with what happened. The last is my own comment upon matters. Let's see it. Yeah, Danny, here. If you will notice, on the inside there's a sweatband, and on the sweatband is printed in ink a name and address. Uh My middle boy, Rufio Tattaglia, did the same to his three propini. Gabe
0: Kirby, it says. 1412 West 18th.
5: Uh, That's pretty far from where Morris Bernstein was killed, Danny. So, like I said, this cap might or might not have something Uh, to do... Let me
0: find out, huh, Tattaglia? The address printed neatly in the baseball cap was a cold-water tenement, a scar, an open wound fashioned of peeling brownstone, of litter... Something that scurried under your feet, then darted into a hole. It watched you with bloodshot eyes as you walked up the stairs. Then at the landing, you heard it come out again. You knocked at a door, and a woman, haggard, resigned, told you her son, Gabe, was at school, the 16th Street Vocational School. And at the school, a man sighed, shrugged, walked away from you, came back with Gabe Kirby. He said you could use his office. He was used to it. Then he left you alone with Gabe.
6: Principal pulled me away from something very interesting, the secret life of a drain pipe, plumbing two way. Why did he do that? Sit down, game. Oh, the courteous approach. I've been making a catalog how you guys approach us guys. Yours is a courtesy type. Glad to add it to my collection. You've been in trouble before, game. Uh, lots of times. huh? I wouldn't say lots. I'm only eighteen years old. My share, though. Yeah, I had my share. Yeah. This is a baseball cap Belong to you. Hey, you're a blue ribbon retriever. I've been missing that cap for a month now. How oh, about that? I never dreamed I'd see that cap again. Gabe, I'm sorry, pal. I can't offer you a reward, but I'll even it up for you someday when conditions are better. Gabe, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for bringing back my cap. It's a good luck charm. My batting average. Sit down,
0: Gabe. I said sit down.
6: Okay, okay. The approach changes, huh, Mr. Policeman? What
0: were you last night, Gabe?
6: Somebody broke into a grocery store last night? Where were you? I slept on an iron cot all night.
0: Not at home, Gabe. Your mother told me you went home last night.
6: Well, Only your lady told you that. Thank her for me. Where were you? In a room over a garage. We call it a club room. I belong to a club, the Titans. Last night I slept there. We take time sleeping there, we boys, to watch over a lot of things we wish we had.
0: You were there all night?
6: All night. From 8 o'clock on. You can check with Richie. Richie? Who's he? You don't know Richie, Mr. Richard Peel, an important man. He's the athletic director of the Titans, volunteered for the job. He sets those boys a good example.
0: The other Titans, where were they?
6: Who knows? I was sleepy, so I went to sleep. Check with Mr. Peel.
0: Gabe, your cap was found 50 feet from where a man was killed, beaten up and killed by a gang, a man named Morris Bernstein.
6: Morris Bernstein? And my cap was there, huh? Well, how about that? Check with Mr. Peel, Mr. Policeman. Over the Conway Garage on 20th. And now I hear and 2A calling me. Uh, you'll excuse me?
8: Hey. Hey, you, you looking for someone? Yeah, I am. Who are you looking for, mister? Uh, Richard Peel. you found him. You from the employment agency? No. Oh, I thought you were from the agency. Police. I thought you were from the agency. There's no phone here. They said they'd send a man over if anything turned up for me.
0: What do you do
8: here, Mr. Peel? What do you mean? Well, this place, uh, over a garage, empty. Not empty, Mr... Uh, Clover. Not empty, Mr. Clover. Look around. We've got some equipment. Barbells, wall exercises. Enough for now. This is where the Titans meet, huh? That's right. We'll get it fixed up. You still don't understand. I mean, what do you do here? I thought you'd know by now. The boys need a direction. I try to give them that. Get them off the street. Organize teams, you know. You like doing that. A man has an obligation to kids. Haven't you ever told yourself that, Mr. Clover? Especially about kids who come up here without roots, broken homes, drunken fathers and working mothers, or worse. It's my obligation. Yeah. I suppose more people should feel the way you do. Somebody has to. What am I telling you for? You'd know... Ever read any statistics on juvenile delinquency? Uh huh. Then you'd be the one to know. These kids need something. To let them know their heritage, rights, things like that. Give them direction. They don't find that on the street. There's a reason I came up here, Mr. Peel. I know. Not many adults come up here, they're just not interested. It's about Gabe Kirby. Something's bothering you, I can tell. Just what about Gabe? He said he was here last night, all night. You know why he said that? Because he was. Seems to me... I know just what you're going to say. And it seems to you a boy 18 years shouldn't stay out all night. All right, suppose Gabe went home. What'd be there for him? The drunken father I told you about. You'd swear he was here all night. On that cot over there. And I slept on the other one. I assure you, Mr. Clover, if some young man got into trouble last night, it wasn't Gabe Kirby. You have my 100% word on that.
0: Mr. Peel found my hand, shook it, looked me straight in the eye, one hundred percent, and invited me to address a meeting of the Titans. The boys would appreciate friendly advice from a friendly policeman. He assured me. Bears hadn't moved. We search
4: your place, Jordan. Huh? Find enough liquor, Jordan? I've known you for a long, t- long time. You you have a code that puzzles me. Huh? Perhaps it is the difference between the East and the West. Whatever it is, the end is. Always the same.
1: What are you trying to say, sir?
4: I know that you were hiding Johnny Servi when Sergeant Greco and I were looking for him tonight. I know that you have hidden him somewhere else in the city. Listen, I posted Sam- no men to watch your cafe. I hope you can produce Servi when I ask for him, Jordan. Why don't you try an American cigarette, And Sam? I hope you have done the right thing this time. I'll handle Servi if you handle Greco. Jordan, there are some people who are controlled only with patience. Good night again. Oh, or rather, good morning.
1: See you, Sam.
9: Mr. Jordan. Hmm? Mr. Jordan. What?
1: Where'd you come from, Buster?
9: Oh, no, Buster. I'm Jeannie. I've been searching for you, Effendi. I have some information.
1: Oh, I've already got plenty of that.
9: This is of a special interest to you and your friend.
1: What friend?
9: Inshallah. Here. A catakai. Effendi, Mr. Edward Solomon is a man of peculiar habits. I do not understand them. Come on, Jeannie, let's have it. In Cairo, he maintains a beautiful apartment and a lovely wife from your own country, I
1: believe. Yes, I met her.
9: But on the edge of the desert, away from the Nile, at a large oasis near El Fayoum, he also maintains a home. Not many persons know about it. Not even the beautiful Mrs. Solomon.
1: You seem to know all about it.
9: Kismet, <sighs> It is fate. I am in a business that makes such information. My uh, business, Mr. Solomon went to his desert home five days ago with a Mr. Axman. Is that all? Huh? That is all you need to know, Mr. Jordan.
1: Well, if it isn't enough, I'll want my money back.
9: effendi. I am superbly honest here. And after he sank into unconsciousness,
5: whoever attacked him then he made sure Morris Bernstein would die.
0: Doctor, that uh, slip of paper on my desk that Tartaglia just brought in.
5: Oh, of course.
0: It's an address.
7: Uh Uh-huh. 2650 Riverside Drive. Who's Danny?
0: Morris Bernstein's. I'm going to find out why somebody wanted him dead. (laughs) I beg your pardon, are you... Whatever
7: you want me to be, that's what I am. In this place... Oh, pardon me. Russell speaking. Again. Look, Mrs. Braverman, just tell Mr. Braverman to pull down the blinds. That's my only advice to you. How do you like that? Somebody wanted to look at Mr. Braverman. Now, what
0: is your complaint? My name's Clover from the police.
7: Here are my wrists. Slip the handcuffs on them. Take me far away. Arraign solitaire.
0: <laughs> you don't look like a criminal, Mr. Russell. You have been working here long?
7: Uh, I'm a new boy. I'm just breaking in one month. Did you know Morris Bernstein? I read about him in the papers, about hoodlums beating him up. I'm uh, trying to find out something about well, him. I can tell you this. He lived in apartment six, a four-room apartment shared by four other gentlemen who had exclusive rights to use kitchen number 2A. Otherwise, it was just it's a nice day, yes, isn't it, between Mr. Bernstein and me.
0: Anyone up there in his apartment now, any of the four gentlemen?
7: I curtsied them all out on their way to work this morning. I'll want to talk to them later. About seven o'clock, I think. That's when they'll all be home. From the world. Another pardon, please? Russell speaking. Yes, Mr. Scar on the mail is in. And how do I know whether you've got anything? I haven't put it up yet. Well, all right, then. We'll wait for a moment. It's a rebel, Mr. Clover. He wants me to see if he has any mail before I put it in his box. I'll so... wait. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Let me see. Jordana. Westfall. Valentine. Uh, look, Mr. Clover. What? A letter for... Morris Bernstein. Uh, let me have it. Oh, surely. I can tell you who it's from. The girl whose name and address is on the upper left-hand corner. Well, I can see that. Yes, but this girl, she's Morris's girlfriend. They write letters to each other, even though they could phone. This has been going on since the girl moved away from here. Oh? When did that happen? Oh, just before I came to work here. Someone told me. Let me see. Maybe Morris. Uh, Mr. Scarn? Were you clicking? No mail, Mr. Scarn. There was no more mail for Mr.
0: Scarn, and sorry. No more information about Morris Bernstein. Very sorry. Try the girl, Leah Golden, on the return address. Maybe she could help. Maybe Leah could. I tried it. At a rooming house on West 76, a woman shook a mop at the window and told me Leah Golden had moved to another rooming house on West 90th, 2346 West 90th. It took ten minutes. No Leah Golden. Moved to a furnished room in a flat on 116th Street. A kid told me Miss Golden was a nice lady. Gave him bubblegum, but was gone now. Moved. Don't ask nobody where, mister, because nobody knows. At headquarters, I put out an all-points bulletin on Leah Golden. Find her, I said. What does she look like, they asked me. I added it up for them. All the scraps of description I'd salvaged in darkened hallways on the screaming street. Find her, I said. And at one in the morning...
5: No, Dr. Well, There's no time, Danny. They found Leah Golden. What? The call came to my office. Routine. Then she's... No, Danny. Just hurt. How bad, I don't know. Where? In a vacant lot on Amsterdam Avenue. Uh, The man who found her said she was beaten up. The ambulance is waiting. Let's go.
0: From somewhere out of the alleys, detaching themselves from the shadowed streets, from the unlit doorways, breaking away from the night whispering, they'd come... The seekers after someone else's pain. They stood in a circle, silent, hungry for the spectacle. Stood on tiptoe, strained for a look at the girl lying broken in a patch of weeds. The policemen held them back and they murmured their seething protest. And in the building standing at the edge of the locked
1: windows... get you your own home there? I'm looking for a guy. Big Ed Solomon. So- Solomon?
10: You are a friend of his? Oh,
1: never met him, lady.
10: Let me tell you.
9: The car's all ready to go. Oh, thanks. Lisa, don't you think you ought to see how the fire's doing?
10: Fire? What fire? Build one. Of course, Bob, of course. Goodbye, sir.
9: Lisa is too friendly.
1: I like friendly people. So they tell me. Keep the car here, will you? Huh? I'm going to the Oasis. I don't see any road. I'll have to hoof it. It's right
9: about half a kilometer.
1: Your feet will get hot. I'll bet you got some foot powder. Doc
9: showed himself. You want some? Yeah, when I get back. Search yourself. See you around, pal.
1: Big Ed Solomon's house was there all right. Well-ordered palm trees surrounded by an all-white job with a lot of grill work. I pounded on the door, nobody answered. I smelled an oil lamp burning somewhere, so I pounded on the door some more. And some more people didn't answer. When I put my hand on the latch, the door opened. People, no people, and I went in. You can believe it or not, somebody was there, right in front of the fireplace. Only he was dead. One side of his head was bashed in. No, you're wrong. It wasn't Big Ed Solomon. It was a guy I'd never seen before in my life.
0: You are listening to Fall Guy, tonight's adventure with Rocky Jordan. For the most exciting mystery, turn first to CBS. There, your mystery programs will be full of the thrills you enjoy, full of the surprises which keep you absorbed in the story until the final climax. On Tuesday night CBS at 8:30, turn to a full hour of top mystery. Mr. and Mrs. North first, then Mystery Theater. Two unusual programs, a full-hour voyage into the chilling realm of crime and punishment. Beginning at 8:30 on Tuesday Night CBS. Now we return you to Cairo and tonight's adventure with Rocky Jordan, Ball Guy.
1: Sometimes you don't know just why you do things. Anyhow, when the police came looking for my friend Johnny Survey, I covered for him. Things like that don't exactly set with the law, so I had to find Johnny's boss and try to clear him. So I started out hunting Big Ed Solomon. All I found was a dead man I'd never seen before. I stood there and looked at whoever he'd been. Nothing in his pockets, labels cut off his blue suit, not even a pasha laundry mark. None of it made sense. I began looking around for a poker or hammer or something. What I found was a heavy chunk of palm branch that had been polished for a lamp base. One end of it was stained. It was about then I heard somebody come in the door. When I turned around, I was looking at Paul K. Roo, the gasoline swami i just met back at El Fayum. Aha. Huh? Uh-huh. He looked at the dead man, at the piece of wood in my hand. But I was looking at the luger he was pointing at me. Through being friendly, Jordan, this guy's all used up. Know him? Never saw him before in my life.
9: I did. Name's Tom Axman, friend of Big Ed Solomon.
1: Tom Axman?
9: You
2: killed him? Uh-uh.
1: You did.
9: Who are you? Uh, there was a big fight. I don't know what it was all about. She said parts of it from my place. You conked him with that piece of wood. Pretty neat.
1: I saw it all. And Lisa,
4: she saw it too.
1: And that makes me the Patsy. You're it. Let's go find answers. Caro waved the Luger at me and I started ahead of him for the door. He was good at doing frame-ups and he was good at running things. But he was only an amateur when it came to pushing a man with a gun. I waited to feel it in my back.
0: Broadway's My Beat. From Times Square to Columbus Circle. The gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway's My Beat, with Larry
3: Thor as Detective Danny Clover.
0: The carnival scream rises high on Broadway, carried high on plumes of neon light, and its shape is of many things, the metallic anguish of a trumpet shriek, The futile beating against closed doors, the laughter, bargained for, bought, paid for under the winking girl on the spectacular. Broadway's scream rises, shatters into fragments of glitter, prowls through the city, and finally touches you. Wherever you are, it touches you. For me, it was a phone call. A girl dying, it said, from a jackknife in a diamond dance palace on Broadway. Come to it, Danny. Maybe you can grab yourself a free dance. The welcome committee is out. The pale girls with the scarlet streaked across their mouths and the restless scarlet-tipped hands playing in the spinning lights, reaching out for you. Someone called, said a girl was hurt. Where is she?
10: Me, I called. Sure you don't want to dance with one of those girls first? Where is she? He's square. You're a square policeman. Come on, I'll take you to her. George is the neat type. Don't like to spoil the fun. That's why she picked the lonesome lounge to die in. You got it picked out where you're going to die. You should. You really should. The lounge with beaded curtains. With Georgia.
0: Get on. Go dance.
10: It's all right, Danny.
0: You? You, Georgia?
10: Me, Danny.
7: Fran can stay. She's my good friend. Lady, all he'll give
1: you is a lot of grief, you know that. But come on, him. come on, get in. I... It was Cairo off in the dark somewhere shooting at anything that moved. Lisa fell off the running board. I scrambled down, but when I got one look at her face, I knew she couldn't use any help. So I shoved the car into gear and burned tires straight for the road to Cairo. It took me two hours to get there. The guy at the laundry said Johnny Servey taken a powder 10 hours before. The sergeant at the desk said Sam Sabaya was where he couldn't be reached. That left only one guy to see. Jeannie, the information boy who had sent me on the chase to the Oasis. I pulled his card out of my pocket and found his place off in the native quarter. In between a phony rug maker and a lady barber. Mr. Jordan! Buster, I've been up almost 24 hours without sleep. I saw one dead man and one woman killed. I don't feel good, and I want more information.
9: But, well, Mr. Jordan, I told you where Mr. Solomon could be found. I gave you information. Uh,
1: he... You didn't give it all.
9: Please, Effendi, uh, did you find Mr. Solomon?
1: I found a playmate of yours who likes to shoot people and beat their skulls in and hang uh, phony wraps oh, on me. Oh, come so start uh, talking.
9: Please, I know nothing of a man who would do such things. I know nothing of that man. When a
1: punk like you comes sidling up to me and tells me out of a clear sky where to find my man and doesn't argue about what I pay him, that means he's already been paid. And they only pay you for working.
9: You Oh. I am above reproof, Mr. Jordan. I would never become involved in a killing or murder. Yes.
1: <gasps> no. Who paid you to send me up to El Fayum? Who paid you to frame me with a murder? It was me, Rocky. I
2: didn't tell him, Mr. I didn't
9: tell Shut
1: him. Shut up. That 38 makes you a foot taller, Johnny.
2: Easy, Rock. easy. I'll use it right here if I have to. I think you would. Paul Caro phones me from El Fayum. Said you lambed out twice. You're awful tough, Rocky. Too tough to call a friend. Here, take this and buy yourself a new fez, Jeannie. I forget you ever saw Jordan. Oh, yes, Mr. Sir. Yes, sir. All right, Rocky, let's get going. Long drive ahead of us.
1: I'll be able to drive it blindfolded someday. Someday. I'm still the fall guy?
0: It's like nothing else in the world. Walk a corridor where mice and men live together in perfect tolerance. And stop at a door.
5: Stand in the light a little bit more so I'll know who's...
0: It's Danny Clover, Benny.
5: Uh, you coming to check? I'm okay, I'm okay. Can I come in? Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay, Danny, I'm okay. Except for the stomach. It hurts when I press it.
0: You've been behaving yourself, Benny?
5: Well, since I got out of the hospital. Sure, sure. I'm I'm, I'm beading now. He taught me to make things out of beads when I was resting in a ward. Belt buckles and ladies' uh, accessories.
0: You know why I came here, don't you?
5: I ain't a stool pigeon no more, Danny. I get cured of that, too. I'm a, I'm a beater now.
0: Who killed Georgia Gray? I'm a beater. How long since you checked in with your parole officer, Benny?
5: Oh, Danny.
0: What about Georgia?
5: You know as much as me. Georgia was close to Nicky Garmin. You know that. Brought his shirts for him. Ran down to the drugstore for him.
0: What's the word on Nicky? The
5: crowd ain't happy with him, Danny. Oh, Danny. Leave me alone. I got an order from a lady down the hall for love bracelet. I got to deliver to her there, or I'll be breaking my contract. Nothing else, huh? Say, help me, Daddy. Nothing. Where's Nick again? Uh, I'm gonna beat him now. Well, you,
3: huh? Off your beaten path, aren't you, Danny?
0: Inside, Nikki.
3: Don't strong arm, Danny. I was going to invite you in anyway.
0: Georgia Gray, Nikki. She's dead.
3: Word came to me how you closed her eyes. I wish it had been me.
0: Maybe you got there ahead of me, Nikki. Maybe you went dancing, saw Georgia in a place you never thought she'd be, killed her because she was getting away from you.
3: <laughs> oh, you're tired, Danny, awful tired. No one gets away from me, not even the dead. Come into the den. I want you to meet my mother. If she'll be hurt, I don't show her my friends.
0: All right, Nicky. I wouldn't want her to be
3: hurt. You'll wish yours had been like her. Just wait. Mother, look what I brought you, Danny Clover.
11: Sit down, Danny. Have a mint. Nicky has a made-up special for me.
0: Thanks, Well, Special, huh? Nothing too good for my mother.
11: It's always been like that with my son. Up to now.
0: Nicky hasn't been good?
11: He let his girl die in a cheap place. Dancing with another man for pay, for dimes. That cheapens his name.
3: You could have stopped it, Nicky? How could I have known, Mother? I told you. Don't snap
11: at me, Nicky boy. I'll slap your mouth, wash it out with doigt.
3: Georgia liked that hole, Danny. I never understood why. She tried to explain it to me about the music, about dancing. Crazy for dancing. Who understands these things in a girl? When she had everything of Everything
11: you gave her. Everything you worked hard for.
3: You're getting your share, huh, Mother?
11: The funeral, too, Nicky? Will you buy me one like the one you're buying for Georgia? Let me show you the invoices, Danny. I never knew dying came so high. Inflation, huh?
3: Maybe it'll wipe out the taste of what happened to her. Where it happened to her.
11: It's just a maybe, son. Don't build a monument on it. (laughs) Want to know why they killed her, Danny?
0: You know Mrs. Gannon?
11: They think my son is finished. Done. Used up. They killed a girl to frighten my Nicky boy. And you know what? My boy's frightened.
0: Who does that to you, Nicky? Your friends? Your boys?
11: You will know when you see their bodies on a slab. They'll be in all the papers. You'll save the clippings for me, huh, Nicky?
3: Isn't she a dream, Danny? I told you. Wonderful girl, my mother. When I got back to headquarters, there was a file on my desk.
0: The neatly centered sticker on its front cover was typed, Georgia Gray. Open it, read it, digest it. Georgia Gray, aged between 25 and 29, computed from data gathered from arrests. Hometown, Salina, Kansas. Followed a soldier to New York port of embarkation in 1943, but never caught up with him. So she stayed, counter girl in a five and 10, then model for ladies' garments, then nightclub hostess. And two years ago in night court, After losing a race with a squad car, she said she'd retired. Because I don't have to work anymore, she said. Know a better reason, she asked. Name linked with Nikki Gannon from here on in. Address Park Avenue. Expenses shared by Fran Holland, who said now she'll have to look around.
10: First thing I'm going to do is get another roommate.
0: Did you get along well with Georgia?
10: She had her ideas, I had mine. Know what I mean? Tell me. No, this and that. Georgia was what a pretty girl.
0: I'd say she was beautiful.
10: Yeah, I guess she was very beautiful. Very. Ah, but she was ruining it. Ran around danced, but she didn't enjoy herself. I know she didn't. She only enjoyed herself relaxing here with me.
0: Something I haven't made up my mind about. Well,
10: you better make up your mind about it, Danny. Sure. She had all that dough, and she lived with a dance hall hostess with me.